This is uh, Talk Sense, our new podcast from GNR. I'm Glenn. Nabor. And Russ. And we are now back in session for season three. Uh, we kind of changed up this year and started to go with a podcast format, you know, and this way we can reach more listeners, get to more platforms, in addition to, you know, giving people more content that they want. And as always, we request to you give us a like, you know, go ahead and subscribe. And any comments that you have will be helpful with getting our, our podcast on the algorithm so that we can keep getting up, getting to you guys. Uh, but before we go further, let's take a little time to just refresh with the GNR members. Fellas, you know, how was your holiday? It was great. Um, you know, I turned a year older uh, in December, a year wiser. So, you know, like anything, you when you get older, you start reflecting on a couple of things, right? Your mortality at my age <laughs> and right. then, uh, your legacy. And also, you know, made some New Year's resolutions like we all did probably. Uh, you want to get financially fit, physically fit, and that's it. What about right. you, Glenn? Uh, mom was good. You know, my kids are older now, you know, in college. And so everybody was home for the, for the holidays. And I found out that all these cats know how to mix drinks you know, better, <laughs> better than I thought they would, you know, but Hey, you live, you learn, and they obviously learn from me. <laughs> so, hey, <laughs> 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 <be> real man. <laughs> Russ, your, your little girl get everything she wanted for Christmas? Yes, she did, man. And I got what I wanted was just ultimate smiles from her. You know what I'm saying? I mean, she's always, uh, you know, telling me I'm the best daddy. And I mean, I, I am her, I am her father, so I, I better be my best. But I'm also, you know. <laughs> She knows I'm her dad. I'm not her friend, but that doesn't mean I don't love her any less. I just want her to be, you know, aware how this world I always tell her, you know, not everybody's going to tell you. Yes. Daddy can't always tell you that the world's not going to tell you that. So, you know, we got that and uh, got to spend, you know, the holidays with family and just uh, celebrating, you know, coming into a new year of some, you know, good fortune. Like you said, five financial fortune, but it's not about that. I really try to pick up on, the my fortune or unfortunate golf game, but that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> word, word. Yeah. Well, today we're here. It's MLK Day, and a lot of people have time off work, and a lot of people think that's the only reason we celebrate MLK Day. But you know, <laughs> what, what 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 do you know about MLK? Give, give me a little yeah. feedback about MLK. Sure. Uh, so um, I guess everyone here we learn about MLK in elementary school. So. You know, the basic things, you know, uh, civil rights leader, icon, American. Um, mm -hmm. But as a kid, you really don't know what that means, you know. So I remember, like, when I first learned about MLK, I used to call him Martin Luther the King. <laughs> so <laughs> everybody in my family laughed at that, right? <laughs> and it corrected me in that. But um, as I got older, I started realizing um, this man's legacy and what he did for not just people of African descent, but people who are minority groups, the underserved and disenfranchised. And... The, his strategy in terms of the civil rights movement was great. It was a three-pronged strategy. The first strategy was, you know, nonviolence. Mm -hmm. You know, he said, listen, we have to be nonviolent. We have to be peaceful. Okay. So if your neighbor smacks you, do not retaliate. And I mm -hmm. thought about that. I said, imagine everyone on this podcast, right? We're, you know, our men, we're grown men. We have accomplished some of us are fathers and married. Imagine some guy comes to you and call you a boy while you're eating something or tells you you can't sit in the front of a bus, move to the back, or you're at a restaurant, mm -hmm. you know, with your family and they tell you you cannot sit 
you know, you guys sit at the bar store somewhere, you know, and someone put their hands on you. I know, mm. you, you know, and <laughs> we will put our hands back on them. Exactly. You know, so <laughs> it took a lot of composure, you know, and humility to refrain from doing that. And he knew that if you try combat violence with, with violence, especially if you're disenfranchised, the whole movement will cease. So that's right. the first prong. The second prong was economic impact. He said, okay, you want to send him back to the bus? So whatever. We know what? We're going to cripple the city economics. We're not going to ride the bus. We're going to boycott the bus. Okay, we're going right. to strike. We're not going to work in these uh, restaurants or be a bellhop in these hotels because most of the uh, positions that have African-Americans at the time were labor positions, right? So we're, right. Going to not come, we're not going to show up. And once people start getting hit in the pocketbook, mm-hmm. it was like, wait a minute now. <laughs> we need to think about this because we actually need the African-Americans. We need people to ride these buses to help out to generate the city economy, the state mm-hmm. economy. Okay, we need help. We need help with our patrons in the hotel to the cooks, the, the bellhops mm-hmm. or whatever, the maintenance. We need the all of that. Mm-hmm. Okay, maids and so forth. So, you know, let, let's, let's think about this, this whole thing about civil rights. And then his third prong mm-hmm. was holding people accountable, the United States government, because he said legally, the Constitution of the United States states, all men are created equal. Right. If we're created equal, why are we not getting fair treatment? He made them apply right. the law to underserved and um, uh, disenfranchised uh, group in this country. He said, this is how we're going to help to eradicate racism, promote uh, equality, and not just equality along the line with civil liberties, but equality with getting paid. You know, a lot of people yeah. forget that Dr. King was about getting paid. Everyone, if, if I'm putting my labor in and I have this particular skill set, I should get paid like the next man, regardless of my skin color. And right. remember, mm-hmm. guys, he his last speech in Memphis, he was at a union, uh, I think, he was making a speech at a union uh, arousal. Yes, he was. Strike, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, he was. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Okay? Correct. And it didn't matter what race or color you were. He was trying to be your proponent. He was there advocating for you to get fair wages. Right. Okay. Exactly. So Martin Luther King was not just for African-American people or people of minority. He was for everyone who was not being treated right, underserved, disenfranchised. So that's the thing I know about MLK. Right. But then, Russ, okay, so, you know, based, kind of building off that, what are some of the big things that you think MLK was able to accomplish or or bring to uh, fruition at some point, even though it may have came after he died. And then what do you think society's impression of MLK and his accomplishments are? Well, you know, I was sitting here just listening to uh, Nabor and, you know, I was thinking about the civil rights era and, you know, that's a part of, I would say his legacy. Um, Because as, you know, Nabor has stated, he was fighting for equality for all that includes also women it wasn't minorities or anything or, or just that only um you know it was about it was some racism and segregation of course but it was really the fight for socioeconomic equality that's all like you said we want to be able to ride the bus anywhere our money we pay the same way and then you know looking now <clears throat> and today i think we take that for granted um, not so much to a certain extent because, you know, I see a lot of people out here now, you can drive. Back then in those times, it was probably not, you know, easy enough for you to afford a car if you don't have, you know, the, the wealth to do so. 
So you had to take the bus, but you were going to do your job. So today I would say that I think it also, it just, we have to see how it propelled only, not only how we are able to live today, but how he fought and his life was given up for our freedom. This was a man who was a reverend, you know, and he was among the people. And that's why I see today in the people, uh, the people today who also march, you know, no matter what the temperature is or what it, you know, because mm -hmm. that wasn't what Dr. King was about himself. He was there for the people and there were people who were there for him. Word, word. So let me ask you this, you know, and, and, and Russ, I'm gonna come back to you. You know, what does it mean when you give someone their flowers? Well, for me personally, it's just the acknowledgement. You, you have to, because, you know, looking in this post-COVID, you know, era, that's how I've been looking at things. And I'm just thinking to myself, there have been a lot of people we've lost post-COVID, even before, yeah, of course, but just seems like it's a little more rapid. And to me, giving flowers is just, you have to give the acknowledgement, whether it be, you know, family, we always going to acknowledge family, good and bad. However, mm -hmm. you know, we have family, but there are others who are an extension and who are, are you know, are, it's not just the blood. For instance, I have to bring it to Brother Nabor. We've known you for at least over about 30 years, I'll say, mm -hmm. um, maybe longer. So I would say don't quote me on the time, but, you know, that I have to give him flowers because mm -hmm. that brother always saw something. We always click. We always have. So this is why we're doing this today on our first podcast. So we're so, we're going to be recognizing and giving that acknowledgement. So so let, let me let me just ask you another question. Being that we talk about MLK, Nabor, did mm -hmm. Dr. King get his flowers, you think? I don't think he got enough, if you think about it, right? So one of you know, the last questions you posed to uh, uh, Brother Russ was about accomplishment. And I think you got to think about desegregation in the 1964 Civil Rights Bill that was signed by Lyndon B. Johnson. Um, if you think about retrospectively of what he's what he did, and all, he was the most prominent civil rights leader, but there's others that assisted him, of course. But you think about our society now and how far we have come, even though, you know, at, at four years ago, we might have said, hey, we, we can't revert it back. But mm -hmm. if you think about mm -hmm. um, the success you had Russ had and I've had in our life, in our families had, in terms of being educated, going to the best schools, um, great careers, and doing how to be homeowners and being able to live mm -hmm. where you are, you know, wherever you want, right? So it, it's, it's something miraculous in terms of what it was in the 40s and 50s when we were, none of the uh, laws weren't protecting us whatsoever. It weren't applicable. And right. so this man and this group of people, you know, pushing forward to that. So I think that um he probably you know and also think about it, mlk they had a fight for this holiday there's certain states in the union like arizona that i don't think celebrate <laughs> celebrate mlk day mm. there's certain businesses yep. that don't acknowledge it at all that's true so, mm -hmm. you know you know i think that he, he probably deserved more flowers i think his wife the late Correa scott king deserved flowers and um also wait a minute i gotta think about this too um, shout out to the AKAs. They had their Founders Day on um, January 15th, uh, I believe yesterday. So she was an AKA and I believe um, your mother's AKA Glenn and sister, right? Yep. Is that correct? Yep. So yep. shout yep. out to them too. So 
But yeah, I think that he deserves more flowers than he's gotten over time. And, you know, I, I don't think you can quantify what MLK and also people that were his supporting staff and other civil rights leaders have done for our generation and the next generation to come. Word, word. And I agree with you on that. And I think it's necessary that you got to give flowers before the person is gone. You know, mm -hmm. let them know you appreciate them at that moment. It doesn't have to be after they've passed on, you know, they, they can't uh, appreciate the recognition. And I'm sure Precisely. they're not doing everything they do for somebody to, to pat them on the back, but I'm sure it feels good when you get recognized for accomplishments you've made. You know, mm -hmm. we, we all know it feels good when you get recognized for accomplishments you've made. As we reflect on, on the accomplishments of Dr. King, you know, we just realized there are too many greats out there that don't get the celebration and recognition that they deserve. And like I said, once they're gone, it's just too late for them to appreciate the love. And so today on Talk Sense, we have decided to give some praise where praise is due. And I'm sorry, but some of the flowers are going to be post-mortem. But that's yeah. okay. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so... Brother Nabor, you want to you want to start it off here? Who, who yeah, would you sure. Give flowers to three people. You three, two, three people you'd give flowers to. So um, the late Charles Bradley, um, he's a singer. Uh, he's born in um, Gainesville, Florida. Uh, hmm. Let me get the time. Yeah, and um, yeah, born in Gainesville, Florida, November fifth, nineteen forty-eight. Passed on September twenty-third, two thousand seventeen. Uh, soul singer um, from the fifties. He was a part-time musician sometimes confused with James Brown because he had the same type of um, voice in terms of rustic and kind of like, um, uh, yeah, I would say rustic, you know, rustic and, and sparse a little bit. So uh, I discovered him during the pandemic, like most people were sitting home trying to figure out what to do. So I went back into like iTunes and I was checking out soul music and checking out love music and um, came, came across him. And, you know, I was, amazed at this man you know a lot of the things he talked about in his songs were essentially about his struggle in terms of being from florida to new york the kind of jobs he worked the odd jobs he worked it's a great story about facing adversity overcoming them and just you know singing from the soul and the heart you know and one of his uh one of his best songs is reservation for two it's a great love ballad it's it's filled with heart it's soulful and it's impactful so that's you know, charles bradley and then the second person is absol um, Absol from mm -hmm. TDE, Top Dog Entertainment. Um, you, you know, it's funny because like his new that, album, bro. That new album is magnificent. <laughs> yeah. Magnificent, man. Is 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 you know, you and I were talking, Mike Glenn, and you mentioned something about. I think I, I one of his songs got a rap, and I said he said Primo. So I guess DJ Premier produced it. Yeah. And then there is something where one track I can't remember when he mentioned um, Boogie Down Production. And it's yeah, funny because I think we, we said it that it they rem, you know TDE Top Dog Entertainment is reminiscent, yeah. yeah, and that's what BDP, you know. Mark. yeah, Mark. Right. Boogie Down Production, you know. And you know what? I I, I didn't think about this. I should talk about Karras One. Give him flowers. <laughs> you know, hey man, I missed, going I missed, on, brother. I missed out on that man. I totally missed out. But you know, but Absol, um, that that whole group TDE, Kendrick Lamar, 
um, Schoolboy, mm-hmm. you know, uh, mm-hmm. J-Rock. Mm-hmm. They all have different styles. They all have synergy with each other, too. And mm-hmm. absolutely love them. That new album, Herbert, if you yeah. guys have out there in our audience members listening, pick up mm-hmm. Herbert. Put it on shuffle, okay? That's what we, this group talking right here, that's what we used to. We used to <laughs> hip-hop, okay? Real right. hip-hop. Not about people talking about committing genocide and, mm-hmm. you know, all that stuff that we hear nowadays, you know, which is it's fine, you know I mean? Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, you know, I, I know people got to eat. We got to eat. But if you like pure mm-hmm. hip-hop, I think you should invest into Absol's album and listen to TDE, the brothers in that TDE, that whole group. They all bring certain type of sound, but definitely I'm giving my flowers to Absol. Word, word. word. Like you said, real hip hop. I mean, it's only so much scissor you can drink. Literally, shoot. You know, but um, Russ, you know, flowers. Who, who are you giving flowers to? Well, um, you know what? I was sitting here and, you know, we had gone over everything and talked about it. And I had shared my three talk prior to, you know, us doing this podcast. So um, not in any particular order, but I want to start with uh, Brother D.L. Hughley. Um, one thing for sure I'll never forget is the first time I seen him on, you know, Def Comedy Jam. Shout out to that. And <clears throat> he came out on the stage with a drink, which I thought was funny. And he was like, you know, drinking cost me everything but i figure you know i'm no quitter and you know i'll just that was hilarious <laughs> to me and then as we sit here you know in 2023 dl hugley is not a quitter not only is he a, a really great comedian he's a good actor um probably not the best dancer sorry dl i didn't watch dancing with the stars but you know it got around like that and people were talking about that but with you know him just becoming uh a, a man like before my eyes and I'm a young man. Uh, one thing we do share common, we are brothers who were born in March, but he um, got to go on, uh, you know, do great political analysis. Uh, he had his own show on CNN. Um, he also, you know, has his radio show, which is still running to the present. And it's just, I, I enjoy, and I have enjoyed watching his growth. And uh, to reference back to that Def Jam, I think it was Def Jam 25 they had did on uh, Netflix and he and Dave Chappelle man had some of the best shout out to that brother too. Mm-hmm. Some of the, the best, just raw, like, you know, I mean, off the cuff, you know, just comedy just among their peers. And like, you could just see it like both of their brilliance. So uh, that brother right there, DL Hughley, I, I definitely want to give flowers to, and I, I just enjoy watching him, you know what I'm saying? Continue to just grow. Um, sure. The next, the next cat I want to shout out is also March brother. Uh, this is a, I believe one of the most underrated, and I don't, I don't want to say that being like, he's recognized. Uh, he's won an NAACP award for his uh, outstanding performance, you know, in the supporting actor role in Ray, Clifton Powell. Um, hmm. I remember seeing Clifton Powell. Um, early on uh, another flower episode <laughs> or time we'll give uh, <laughs> on the show rock uh, mm-hmm. rock was a great show uh, i believe it was uh, early 90s yeah. and you know charles dutton uh, was mm-hmm. really trying to keep everything again conscious of how things are in the community he, he, he yeah. specifically wanted that show to be not just another kind of a you know we do some little goofy stuff here and there he really 
wanted it to be a well-rounded series. And I think he, he did do that. But Clifton Powell had a, played a role of a drug dealer moving across the street from him. And that's the mm-hmm. first role I remember seeing him in. And I just remember how he looked so like it, it wasn't acting. That was something that you could tell he probably had been around or, you know, I experienced himself. Maybe he, he was that man, but I uh, played Andre and he, he really just kind of just belittle rock, you know, called him trash, man. He ends up getting mm-hmm. shot, but towards the end, he tried to get his, his life together. And he, they have a good clip on that. Uh, you can check it out where, you know, he, he talks about like, you don't want to live this life, but that was that, that role. But, you know, some people might know him for the famous role in Friday or next Friday his brother Pinky or, or yep. even prior to that. <laughs> I'm sorry. We can't forget Chauncey. I'm not going to give the other words <laughs> Chauncey was referenced to in Menace to Society. Shout out to the, 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 the Hughes brothers, but yeah. Um, you know, it's just, you know, he, his range. And like yeah. I said, you know, Ray, he got that, uh, you know, saying that uh, NAACP award role, uh, award for that. And then just, uh, you know, he, he had a great career. He also has done stage acting uh, amongst, you know, numerous films, of course. But I just always, and the, the brother, he, he, he's maintained well, believe it or not. He's, uh, uh, believe he's 66 years old. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what I mean, like, yeah, and just think like we're talking about from, you know, early, you know, 90s or so, and he's still going strong. And even before that, prior to that, the last person <clears throat> is one that really when we talk about hip hop, and I just never knew at that time, I knew what I liked, I guess, you know, but I was influenced by, of course, you know, my, my cousin Glenn and, you know, my, my brother. But there was one person. Actually, his person is part of a group, Digital Underground. Mm. It's 1988, I believe. The album was, it came out in 89. But the album is called Sex Packets. And the first song I heard at a video for was this song called Do What You Like. Everybody right. probably knows who this person is. Call him Humpty Hump. But his name is Gregory Jacobs. And we know him as Shock G. Mm-hmm. And he is the man who was behind that group. Shout out to Money B. But when I first heard Do What You Like, and I'm like, that's what defined hip hop to me, is doing what right. you like. Whether people want to mess with it or not, it doesn't matter. The Humpty Dance solidified it, but I begged and begged. And I can't say, but my brother ended up getting the album for me. And I was <laughs> only 11 years old. And to get props from him when he was like, this album is dope. And I'm like, yeah, it is. And I I didn't know what an album was. I just knew when I saw that cover and you hear Sex Packets, but if you look at it and then when you listen to the album, that man was doing what he wanted to do. And it was, he's also known, I'm sorry, he has other aliases other than Humpty Hump. I never knew until I was just going over and just doing some notes. He was the piano man. Mm. And I didn't know until he passed, unfortunately, uh, April 2021 in Tampa, Florida, mm. that he touched the piano every day of his life. Mm. And I was like, yeah, he was MC Blowfish. Um, I mean, like, you know, it was just like, listen, I mean, but that was on Underwater Rhyme. So, of course, we knew that. Right. But I'm like, I never knew because he kept that such a secret. They, yeah. The people would ask him in interviews, who's the piano man? And he would never mention it. And I did not Ooh. know that until he passed. 
but I want to thank Shock G. I want to thank Digital Underground for giving me a perception of just doing what you want to do and don't even care. And don't, it, it, not that it wouldn't matter, but eventually somebody might catch on because everybody caught on to that humpy hump yeah. worldwide. So those are my, those are my three I want to give flowers to. That's hey, great. You, know, you, you put me onto that album, to be honest. <laughs> Thank you, brother. <laughs> I didn't know, but I appreciate I appreciate it. Gus Fest 89. Crazy Guts. Crazy Guts. You're right. War life. Right. <laughs> Bro, that, that album probably one of the best. I th- Back home, Cats loved it too. I remember uh, If I Kiss You. What's that? Uh, yeah, that was, that, yeah, that was on that. That was on that EP. Yeah, that was on an EP that they did. Yeah. But I forgot yeah. to shout out. It was Freaks of the Industry. Uh, Freaks just of real the quick. Industry. Yeah, that song was okay. And, and mm-hmm. we got to let we, we got to let uh, brother Glenn speak. But um, mm-hmm. I remember it was in sixth grade. Man, I had an uh, amplifier. I got from Radio Shack with the cassette. You know what I'm saying with the Sony cassette. Man, I played that Freaks for the Industry for my sixth grade class. I you should have told me I wasn't the boy. I wasn't the man, bro. That day, then somebody was because they, hey, I had everybody turn out to that. Facts. <laughs> Yo, that's great selections, dude. Hey, you know who shot Andre doing rock, right? The guy who, uh, so uh, Heavy D. No, say that. Heavy D shot Andre on rock. Yes, he. Yes, you're right. Yes, he did, brother. He was. It was a mystery because you right. didn't know until like the next season or something. You, hey, man, hey, good man, yeah. great memory, bro. Yeah, yeah you absolutely yeah. was happy. D. It was happy. Yeah. D, yeah, that's right. Shout out to that brother, man. Rest in mm-hmm. peace, heavy. Rest in peace, heavy. D. The over yes. house. Yes, sir. That's right. <laughs> we should have gave him some flowers for you. Yeah, yeah. that's, that's <laughs> true. Hey, you know what? I, 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 real quick. Um, I heard, I believe it was Ed Lover say this, or somebody asked him that question. He said, name a whack Heavy D album. Mm. Exactly. Yeah, mm. that's tough. <laughs> exactly. Right. Well, I, I got a couple of, of people I'm going to throw flowers to as well, you know. And uh, the first one is an, another group. I got to give a shout out to the whole group. And it's a big group as well. It had six cats in it. Their names were Paul Anthony, Bowlegged Lou, collectively as Full Force. Yes, sir. Word. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> Full Force came out. They, they formed back in 76, you know, out of Brooklyn, New York. And just for perspective, mm-hmm. I was born in 74. So these cats is jamming my whole life. You see what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So mm-hmm. they're doing it for a long time. They had several hits of their own. I know y'all remember Alice, I Want You Just For Me, mm-hmm. Temporary yes. Love Thing, All In My mm-hmm. Mind, Ain't My Type Of Height. I mean, yeah, you know, yep. that was a jam, bro. They they also were in a couple of movies. They were, in, uh, mm-hmm. they, you know, uh, uh, Paul Anthony and B Fine were the bodyguards for the uh, the character JB in Crush Groove. You know the cat mm. that loaned Russell the money mm. and got him all caught up. Mm-hmm. Um, they also uh, became a, a, a protagonist in uh, or antagonist, excuse me, in House Party. Mm-hmm. You know they were messing with Kid and Play, mm-hmm. beating them up. <laughs> Matter of fact, they used that song "Ain't My Type of Height." In the yep. dance battle that Kid and Play had with the ladies, yep, you know, mm-hmm. the classic part of movie, and they continued their role in House Party Two, even yeah. in other movies they've been in as well. Uh, yes. And then they also 
produced and worked with so many other artists. You know, um, they produced and worked with uh, Lisa Lisa and Cult Jam, Force mm-hmm. and the uh, Toya Jackson, Cheryl Pepsi Riley, Thanks for My Child, uh, Houdini, mm-hmm. Patti LaBelle, mm-hmm. James Brown, Bob Dylan, Backstreet Boys, mm-hmm. NSYNC, Britney Spears. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, they actually even discovered Nicki Minaj before she went on to superstardom. You know, yes. But, but one of the first groups that they uh, helped out, one of the first groups they produced for, I remember as a young kid, you know, I'm, we're in Ohio, so we weren't in the heart of, of rap. You know, we, we didn't know all the, the rap tunes. So I remember the first real rap, well, let's say hip hop song that I heard. It was on a little radio station here in Dayton called WDAO, the only black radio station at that time. And they made a big deal that at, Eight o'clock or whatever time on this particular night, they're going to play the, the newest hip hop song from New York City, the newest song. And they talked about it all day long. And Craig, you know, Steph, Russ's older brother, kept telling me, we got to listen to the radio at eight o'clock. They're going to play the song. <laughs> so it filled up the whole day. And at eight o'clock, the song came on and it was Roxanne, Roxanne by UTF. Yeah. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. produced that and the uh, Roxanne, the real Roxanne comeback, you know, but mm-hmm. that was, you know, one of the most important hip hop songs of my life is Roxanne, Roxanne. I might <laughs> still be able to quote that song if, if my life, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but, uh, you know gotta, gotta give full force some flowers. Uh, the second, second person I wanted to give flowers to is John Amos. You know, mm-hmm. uh, John Amos has been in so many films. Uh, what uh, Beastmaster? <laughs> you know, mm, man, about, you know he's, uh, he was in uh, other uh, movies. Of course, Coming to America. You know, mm-hmm. coming, to, coming to America too. Um, you know, Die Hard too. Ricochet. You mm-hmm. know, he, he's been in all kind of films. Um, coming to America, he played uh, Cleo McDowell. You know, <laughs> 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 the similar logo to uh, McDonald's, you know? <laughs> and, and one thing about it, he always reminded me of my uncle uh, George McDowell. Hey, <laughs> hey, man! I knew you was, I knew that was, I was going to have to say it if you didn't. <laughs> I thought it was me. Yeah. I'm sorry. Please. Yeah. So, <laughs> always me. That's probably the, the one reason why John Amos, you know. But he was also, you know. Important in all kind of TV shows. He guest starred in what Sanford the Son, Eighteen, Cosby Show, mm-hmm. Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Uh, he played Tommy's uh, father in Martin on an episode. Yes. You know, he's been in mm-hmm. Touched by an Angel and Murder She Wrote. You know, and then of course, you know, his famous role as James Evans, who yeah. was the quintessential beat down by the man, but got up every day <laughs> to struggle to put family food on the table for his family. Black yeah. father, Speak. you know, and Good Times, you know. So, and with Good Times, you know, with with that show. His main focus was to really show how people are overcoming the problems in, in that, uh, you know, racism, poverty, uh, the the underserved housing projects in 1970 mm. Chicago. You know, they had to, mm. to work hard every day and get his family on the right track and raise his sons. And, you know, the reason he left that show was because the execs there wanted to focus more on J.J. being a buffoon mm-hmm. and and. Amos even told him, like, you know, black people don't let their kids do that type of stuff. They they wouldn't be like this. They wouldn't act like this. They would raise them with morality and, and rules and, and and give them, you know, something to look up to and, and try to get a life better than than what they had had. But they didn't go for that, you know. So, you know, John Amos, um, he was really somebody I feel should get flowers as well. And all the things he's done, Broadway, 
like I said, films, TV. Uh, he definitely needs flowers. And then the last person I, I would give flowers to is Cornell West. You know, mm. Cornell West, this, this dude mm. was born in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Yeah. So he probably spent all his life hearing stories about the 1921 Black Wall Street massacre in Tulsa. Yes. You know, uh, he had a, a, a grandfather that was a pastor, a father that was a businessman, uh, a mother who was an educator, got a school named after her in California. So, you know, it's no wonder that this guy grew up marching in civil rights rallies and, you know, mm. uh, as the student body president in high school, he fought to have black studies uh, curriculum taught at the school of his high school that he was going to and, and went on to become a renowned professor, writer, actor, activist, intellectual, you know, heavily influenced by Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. You know, he, he, so uh, he always fights for, you know, equality between all races and genders and classes of people that are, you know, trying to live the American dream. Um, one thing that I found out about this cat, it, it, at 20 years old, this man graduated magnum cum laude at Harvard in mm. three years. He didn't even go for it. Mm, at, at 20, at 20 years old. Mm, you know, mm. uh, he was the first uh, African-American to obtain his PhD in philosophy from Princeton. You know, mm. uh, he's taught at every Ivy League school out there, basically, you know, well, he taught at Yale, Princeton, Harvard, uh, uh, Union Theological Seminary, which is basically uh, uh, the Theological College of Columbia University in New York City, you know, but he's did all these uh, schools that he's taught at, and he's wrote over, he's, well, I think it's like 20 books, he's edited 13 books, um, oh. you know, this is really a voice of our times for equality and, and uh, you know, transparency and in, in how America is really ran. Um, you know, he was in the Matrix. Yeah, I remember he had a little role in the Matrix. It, it actually, the, the second and the third one, he had a little role as uh, Councilman West. You know, he's part of a little <laughs> in the city okay. down there. Um, so uh, he collaborated with Travis Smiley, you know, on a, a radio show. Uh, he actually has made some albums, you know, and he's worked with artists like the late Gerald LeVert, uh, John Cougar Mellencamp, uh, Andre 3000, KRS-One we talked about, Jill Scott, Talib Kweli, mm. Prince, my favorite artist mm. of all time, uh, you know, worked with him on his albums. Um, and currently he's still out there doing things. He's on a weekly podcast uh, called The Tightrope, which is on Patreon. Uh, but he's, you know, on there with, with a sociologist, Trisha Rose, that he does work with her. Uh, so, you know, these people, like we said, are, are people that are out there in this world doing things every day, trying to make a difference, you know, and that's why here at GNR, we had to talk sense. We had to just make something really make sense and, and give these people their flowers before it was too late, you know. So just to kind of wrap up today, you know, we, we, we've had a nice little conversation. We talked about MLK. We, we brought up people that we just think deserves recognition. You know, um, if you like this, again, we ask for you to, to hit that like button, you know, subscribe to our show. Uh, and in the comments section, you know, who do you think should have flowers given to them before it's too late? You know, hit us with some comments so we can we can uh, maybe address that in future shows. Uh, but as always, we want to thank you all for listening. You know, again, I'm Glenn. Hey, boy. And this is Russell. As we're signing off, and one love. We'll talk to you next time.